Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Trinity Ability Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Harry O'Brien. In this episode, I sat down with Kayla McGowan. Kayla is a second-year Trinity student studying law. She's also Miss Limerick for 2020. In this episode, we spoke about her childhood, her role models, her feminist icons of hers, her family, her support background, why she chose law, how she ended up becoming the first person in her family to attend college, her work as Miss Limerick, how she became Miss Limerick, and her interest in reading and writing and books, and a bit more. So sit back and enjoy. So Kayla, thanks for joining us today. And I suppose we'll start off with your background. So if we start at the very start with your grandmother, I saw on your Instagram story, you mentioned you're very proud of your grandmother. Would you like to talk about her, how she inspires you? I just think she's an amazing woman for her time now. Unfortunately, she passed away later in June. So I suppose it's kind of, everything's kind of really fresh at the moment. But um, I just think she came from absolutely nothing um, at a time where obviously women were expected to stay at home all the time and to be, you know, the mother in the house and to not be a businesswoman. And then for her to go ahead and she set up, and I think she was the first woman in my town actually to set up her own market stall. Um, which was obviously like wouldn't be seen as a huge thing now but back then to be the first woman to do such a thing was really big and everything Um, and I suppose her businesses just took off and she started going all around Ireland with it and then eventually she came home and opened up shoe shops and clothes shops Um, and yeah she's just always been a massive inspiration to me I just think everything that she's done she kind of as I said built herself up from nothing and her work ethic and everything was just unbelievable and I think um you know she obviously was going to get criticism for husband being the person to stay at home most of the time and not work whereas she was the one to go out and do all that how do you think that has influenced your life like what have you done or not done because of her influence Um, definitely I think going to college like up until I was in sixth class really I suppose I wasn't really you know I didn't know there was nobody in my family who'd gone to college um, my uncles and aunts have all been just straight out working in the businesses and they really enjoyed it. It was not something they were forced into. It was something that they wanted to do. I just kind of thought that that was going to be the path I was going to go down um, until sixth class was probably my favourite teacher and she kind of impacted my whole second um, secondary school experience and then obviously going into college. I remember one day we were learning about Trinity in school and she was going on about how at the time it was like one of the most prestigious colleges in Ireland and how the points are so high to get in and how it's just seen as like really kind of high up in Ireland. It was kind of then that I decided that I really wanted to go, which obviously is a bit like cringe and cliche to say at the age of 11 that you wanted to go to Trinity. But um, it's gas. Like I think obviously before you get into Trinity, you kind of have these notions of, that it is pretentious and that it is very exclusive and don't get me wrong there's still definitely that element of it but I do think it is far more inclusive and like I'm a culture like so going up to Dublin and Harry you're a culture as well like going up is definitely different for us but no I love it and yeah my nana definitely influenced me and I'm very glad that she got to see me go to college beforehand before she died obviously it was brilliant. And you mentioned your sixth class teacher uh, was, was that a woman as well? Yeah, it was. Um, Anne Rila Massini, she was brilliant. And just, I went to an all-girls primary school, you see. So 
I suppose just being around all different sorts of girls and about what you want to do when you're older and everything. Um, obviously, child has big dreams that they want to do. And um, I always knew I wanted to go to Trinity, but I never knew what I wanted to do for years. I wanted to be a vet. Um, until I would read work experience in TY and I was asked to put down a dog and I just started crying and I was like no I can't do it so I just walked out and I was like that's the veterinary section for me over like um but yeah no she I think that teacher definitely got me into I might not obviously like women's rights and everything like that so hopefully in the future I'll get to be a human rights and criminal barrister that's the plan as of now that could change next year when I guess take different modules I'm not sure to be honest Last week I wanted to be an investment banker and now I want to join the army. So, yeah. <laughs> and next week, sure, who knows? <laughs> um, you mentioned there you, so it was your sixth class teacher who kind of opened up your mind to the idea of going to Trinity and you liked that. And then you wanted to be a vet. How did you go? And then we saw there, you, you didn't want to be a vet, you didn't want to kill dogs. How did you go from that to wanting <laughs> to do law? Um, I suppose just kind of growing up, I faced... Um, is my nana what came from a traveling um community as well which obviously um created different sorts of boundaries to her going to be a working class woman because obviously it's not really traveler culture i suppose to go out and for a woman to own a business but no she surpassed literally every boundary put in front of her so that definitely made me want to go out and to get an education and Thankfully, education was always something, do you know, I took to school kind of naturally. I really enjoyed school, which is something that my cousins kind of didn't enjoy, I suppose. And my aunts and my dad, like my dad left school when he was 15. My mom wasn't enough to be able to go to college. So I think I just learned that I was like in a, an exceptionally privileged position to have the choice whether I wanted to go to college, which is something that the people before me didn't have and I wanted to do for them. And you mentioned how your, your nan is from a travelling background. How did that translate, your nan being from a travelling background, to you having a, to wanting to do law? I guess I suppose, like, the first kind of instance of discrimination I really saw in school was, I remember, again, I think it was fifth or sixth class, but we had those history books. And I remember there being a specific chapter on the travelling community, and, you know, as you do when you're a child, you just flick through the books because you're not really listening in class and you just want to see what the book's about. And I remember putting up my hand and actually asking the teacher, I was like, me there, a full chapter on a history book about traveling community. And I was like, are we going to be doing it or, or what's the story? And she was like, oh, no, 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 we don't do it. And it was very much a like a hush hush subject. We weren't really allowed to talk about it. And I went to a school in like my town, say, so. There was obviously people from loads of different backgrounds. There were girls from the traveling community and I could sense that this kind of did upset them. But at the same time, I felt like they felt like they couldn't speak out about it because if they were to speak out about it, they wonder something would have been said. So I kind of wanted to be a voice for people like that, because obviously I've kind of grown up in that culture and I know what's expected of girls and I know how difficult it can be sometimes to have your voices heard. And I guess I just kind of wanted to be that voice for girls like me. Yeah, it's a bit deep and meaningful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. So you're, you're, you're 18, you've applied on your CAO for Trinity Law. Have you applied for Miss Limerick at this stage? No, I don't think I did the first time. I 
remember I was outside getting lunch. Um, I think it was sometime, was it during the mocks or something of my leaving cert? And I remember getting um, a DM from Miss um, Limerick asking me about competing it. So this was the first time I did Miss Limerick and um, I was kind of like, oh, I don't like, I did have, definitely did have the stigma of pageants are a complete waste of time. Like people are going to think I'm an airhead. People are going to think I'm in love with myself if I go and do this. I didn't really want to be that. But saying that I knew the organisers and they knew me and I had a background obviously of modelling so I kind of was used to that kind of all that side of things and when you're when you start modelling you kind of learn to develop a thick skin anyway so I was just like look I'll give it a go I'll see and sure I, I, I kind of knew I wasn't going then I just kind of entered it more so to see what it was like to see if it was something I would be interested in in the future. So you got into modelling was it I think I saw on your Insta story, you got in when you were about 15? Yeah, I was very young. How did, how did you get yeah, into that? I, I don't, so I did, basically when I was kind of 15, I suppose that's kind of where, I, I don't know, I feel like every girl kind of goes through stages of um, when she feels most like the least confident in herself, you know, your body is changing, you're dealing with so many different at school, you kind of feel like you're kind of under pressure from like every aspect of your life in a way. So my self-confidence was just completely knocked at school. And my mom just kind of noticed a big difference in me. So she sent me to, um, it was a deport course. And what it's supposed to do is it's supposed to help your confidence and, and public speaking and just kind of, yeah, just speaking in general, I suppose, because I think I'd kind of gone into myself at that stage. I never, ever considered doing modeling or anything like that. I, I was always quite shy and just didn't really want to do anything like that. But the lady over the department course actually asked me if I'd give it a go. And I was under the impression that if you were to take up modelling or if you were to start, then it would actually help your confidence when in a way it definitely knocked mine. But then again, I think I was just way too young. You know, you compare yourself, I think, when you're younger and a young teenager to everyone around you. I think obviously being surrounded by all the different models who were like, I'm definitely the youngest by about five years three or five years so you just start comparing yourself to them but I made great friends out of it and again the Miss Limerick background a lot of the models I actually modeled with have been Miss Limerick and they were brilliant people so I didn't I kind of learned to understand that if you are Miss Limerick it doesn't necessarily like pick or to know that kind of way that people associate you with being. Your granny is it on your mum's side or your dad's side? My dad's side. Your dad's side right and um Correct me if I'm wrong, but none of your grandparents and none of your parents and none of your aunts or uncles went to college? No, never did. Um, all left school when they, were very, when they were young, I think. My dad was probably the oldest he left school when he was 15, which is still very young. And yeah, just didn't have any interest in school really, but were always very much business mind and wanted to lead away to start going out money, to be honest. So what was it that ended up sending you to college? Like after you had your teacher in sixth class, was was that the reason that the only thing that you had that all your your um, relatives ha- didn't have was a teacher that wanted to that opened your mind to it? Yeah, and I think as well, like in secondary school, um, I've always had like a passion for art and stuff, and I got on really well with my art teacher, and he was kind of pushing me to more so the route of art college and everything. And for ages, I also wanted to be like a fashion designer and actually pursue the art route and go down that way. 
then we also had a barrister that came into us when we were in TY. And up until this point, being a barrister or being a lawyer or something like that was never something I'd actually thought of. Um, I just didn't think I'd have the confidence and I thought being like a female that it'd just be really hard and I didn't have any connections in law or anything. But just the way she was speaking about everything she'd done and she was being really honest, like she was saying that obviously, you know, you're going to have more barriers to you as a, as a woman in law, but you just have to push past those and they're like not every person is going to discriminate against you because you're a woman but just to bear in mind that some um, people just will and you just have to get on with that and do it if you really like it she just said that she just found it really worthwhile and she really really loved her job and what she did so I think that was definitely the turning point of okay I actually don't want to go to Trinity to be a vet I want to go to Trinity to do law and from then on it was kind of yeah that was my focus really. So you get into Miss Limerick and uh, you're competing in Miss Limerick what do you think set you apart to the judges and made them announce you as Miss Limerick? Um, I think I was just really honest. I just went in and I like I knew obviously from the girls I'd followed, like um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but like Niamh Cullen, say on Instagram, obviously Holly Carpenter, Roz Purcell, you see what pageantry has done for these women. It's given them a platform for their careers to take off of, you know, whether that be on social media, because if you win, go on to Inverness Ireland you do actually get to work with different brands and sponsors but for me it was just I wanted to focus on the mental thing I wanted to talk to women um open and honestly I suppose about everything that went on and I just really want as many people as I could which obviously sounds like so cliche or whatever and I know everyone who goes into a pageant says those things but I also went in with the intention of I want things to change I want I don't want kind of ideas to be you taking off your makeup because you're apparently meant to look like two different people and you know that's not groundbreaking anymore that's not the way women want that's not how I pageant you should be anymore that should have been left back 70 whatever how many years ago when they started doing it so I guess I kind of just thought that if I kind of played the game now as I said to you the the people over Miss Limerick themselves are completely separate to Miss Ireland. So those people, one of the people actually over it, Patrick McLaughlin, he had already taken out rules from the Miss Ireland um, rule book or whatever. So there was a rule in it before that you had to have beauty of the face and body, which is absolutely ridiculous. Obviously, beauty is extremely subjective. What some person see as beautiful or whatever. And, you know, how do you actually define that? Um, so he took that out completely and he just said to me, I'm not putting this on a form he's like I'm not letting the girls sign this and also there was a, a height difference as well which thankfully also was knocked out and then a bikini round was also gotten rid of back two years ago so I could kind of see that pageantry was changing and that I wasn't entering into something so completely backwards but at the same time more changes needed to be made and I thought that if I entered into it I could accelerate those changes which I think we are starting to see happen now that so many contestants have pulled out after me and I really do hope things change because I do think the intention of the competition is really good and obviously the money that they raise for charity is brilliant and it gets kind of the girls in the door with these charities to kind of help and to see what other people are going through and to kind of use your platform or your following or whatever um, no matter how many Instagram followers how little people you have 
to actually help people and to do some good. So that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Obviously, you did with Miss Limerick, you're Miss Limerick 2020. What have you been doing with your platform? So before I, I think I was, I got a message this summer asking um, winter, I think it was, no, it was kind of April, I'd say. So yeah, around kind of this time last year or so, asking if I'd enter into it for the second time. And I just said, no, like I, I kind of didn't really want to do it. And they kind of messaged me again or whatever. And they said, um, would you just please come back and do it this time? You know, it's, um, then, you know, there had been girls before me that had entered two or three times. That's kind of the norm. You, I've never really heard of a person winning the first time enter, if that makes sense. And so I just said I'd give it a go. And but this time I actually put effort into it. I went to I went away and actually learned questions. I did like loads of research on current events and stuff and practice speaking, which is something I obviously never did the first time. So I think some of the judges had been judges the last time I was Miss Limerick. So I felt like they could see how much I had kind of developed in certain areas. And I suppose they just wanted to give me a chance. Are you saying you, you won it your first time, did you? No, I didn't. Oh, no. I didn't place at all. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, but you see, what usually happens is with um, competitions like that is you have kind of a pre-judging round, which is where um, like maybe, like for this year, obviously for COVID, we were taken singularly into a room with judges. So we had, I think there were six or seven judges and they all have, you know, it, it, it is really nerve wracking. You're sat in front of everyone and you're, um, they're asking you so many different questions. You know, it can go from things like, how was your quarantine? What were you doing to who's your favorite inspiration and why? why how do, what would you do if you were president of Ireland and what law would you change and why? And, and so I think kind of the kind of balance of you never really know what you're going to be asked can kind of throw you off, I suppose. So they just want to see how you deal with that. So that's kind of where essentially they pick the winner. And then you have the actual competition itself, which is we had a two weeks after the pre-judging just with COVID and stuff, where you get asked what's known as like a killer question. So again, it's completely it can be anything on stage in front of what normally is hundreds of people to kind of trick you out and essentially just to see if you do stumble or just to see if you're able to speak up. So yeah, not a lot of people kind of know how the pageants work. I think they just think that you have to walk up and down on a stage and you just smile and you just, you, you don't talk or anything like that, which is just not what happens at all. So it's mostly about answering those questions and the pre-judging really. Yeah, basically. How would a girl who's listening to this and hoping to apply for a Miss County, whatever, how should she prepare for that prejudging? I think you kind of have to be number one, sure of yourself first. Like, this is going about achieving that, and these are the charities that I want to work with. You kind of just have to be very clear in what you want, and again, just kind of don't panic. But what I used to do is just, you know, write out different answers, really look into different things, find a charity you want to work with, what are the reasons you actually want to work with this charity. And kind of make your way from there and I think if the judges can see that your intentions are genuinely good and that you do want to actually make a difference that will kind of shine through rather than somebody entering just because they want the brand partnerships or so on. I kind of got three things there was be sure of yourself and kind mm -hmm. of have your your thoughts written down and understand your thoughts and write them out and maybe do a bit of answer prep 
and then number three know what you want to do if you win it all right yeah okay yeah. um so you are an avid reader i see you putting up books all the time have you have you always been interested in like reading and writing and stuff yeah i probably should have mentioned that in the way that definitely impacted me going to college and stuff it's just become so much part of my life now i just don't even i don't even take any notice in the fact that it has impacted me but i guess my like my mom reading to me every night before bed like every child being read beatrix potter or peter rabbit or you know any of those characters um you just do develop a love for it and i suppose whereas some children would just prefer to be outside and play with sport i was never really a sporty person at all i look like a gazelle that's been attacked trying to run or anything like that. so <laughs> just kind of um learning what was uh, what i loved the most which obviously was reading and art so i just was a proper introvert and just preferred to do things on my own and that kind of stuff yeah that definitely did impact me and then as in getting into the whole human rights and and this kind of thing which obviously is a dirty word nowadays it's a word that people are kind of afraid to use just the fact that the people who have kind of accelerated it kind of like an anti-men movement which just isn't what it what it really is about you know it's about encouraging everyone to have the same rights and it's just the acceptance of I should have the same rights as you my skin color my gender or my sex shouldn't um, interfere with that and I suppose for anyone listening to the podcast a book I could recommend if you want to get into that kind of thing is the one by Florence Given it's called Women Don't Owe You Pretty that's part of the books where I don't agree with but I feel like I learned a lot about developing boundaries this is something about until I'd read the book and just the sense that if you're in an airplane you know and if they tell you the airplane's going down the first thing they tell you is you have to put on your own oxygen mask before you help other people so if you're not looking after yourself mentally physically and creating your own boundaries you can't really help anybody else which I think is a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow because I think as Irish people especially you do put the needs of other people in front of you you're kind of you're seen as being vain and selfish sometimes if you put your own needs before others but you can't pour from an empty cup so if you're not feeling well yourself you know you can't be expected to help other people so yeah I think reading really does open doors for you and makes you ask really hard questions just so you can kind of better yourself and get a better understanding of the world and everything. Yeah I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, could you could you first, could you repeat the name of that book that you recommended? And then secondly, could you recommend a few more books and why? First one is Women Don't Owe Lie, Florence Given. And again, this is just a very thing that I think, I've like the feminism Bible, I think for 2020, especially when it, when it kind of, when more and more people started reading it. Another book, which I really liked, again, I don't think it'd be considered feminism, but it's just an all around positive and kind of self-help book, which is Oprah Winfrey. I think it's what I know for sure, Oprah Winfrey, what I know yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is very good. I really like that. And kind of, what else was I reading? The Daily Stoic as well. I, I hope I'm saying that right. The Daily Stoic is really good. And what else? I'm sorry, I'm just looking at my bookshelf trying to like figure out which ones are good. The Alchemist as well is one people rave about. Anything like that. I haven't read that one yet myself, but it's the one I want to read next. 
And yeah, a lot of actually what I read as well is mainly fiction. Um, it's only kind of in the last year or so that I've actually gotten into more self-help, kind of autobiographies and all that kind of stuff. So definitely would recommend picking up a book if, if you're not so already. The last two books you recommended there, one of them was, I think it was The Daily Stoic. I'm not sure how to pronounce it either. It's like a, it's an old yeah. Greek word or something. Anyway, yeah, that one and The Alchemist. I've only ever heard of guys reading them. What, what made you pick them up? I have the app Goodreads is kind of where most of my books are recommend books based on your reading or whatever. But um, the Daily Stoic, I suppose, I picked up from kind of positive positivity influencers on Instagram and people who I'd look up to and admire that were just sharing these books and saying how they saw them in a way life-changing or kind of like the secret but I feel like the secret nowadays is kind of I don't I'm not sure like I haven't read it myself because I've heard so many mixed reviews some people just thought it was like life-changing and they learned so much from it and other people just kind of thought it was waffle like I but yeah again I just if you're in positive social media you know you you kind of you put into your head, you get out of your head what you put in. So if you're consuming really negative Instagrammers or people who are constantly talking or putting other people down, um, you're obviously going to feel really negative in yourself. Whereas if you're following influencers, which, you know, are promoting positivity, but not toxic positivity, but like are actually being real and genuine, you do learn so much from them as well. So I suppose get new books and cleanse out your Instagram feed if you want to feel better about yourself. <laughs> So you, you've won Miss Limerick. Um, could you talk a bit more actually about what, what you've done um, since you've won Miss Limerick? Before, I kind of thought that when I won Miss Limerick, you know, hopefully in a couple of months, literally everyone would have got the vaccine or at least we wouldn't be locked down to the same extent that we have been. I don't think anyone predicted that we'd be locked down. They planned to do loads of fundraising events, obviously, which nothing could actually go through. So I decided to set up a GoFundMe out of a plane, which is something obviously that I think is terrifying, but was mainly spurred on by my boyfriend, I suppose, who kind of always wanted to do it. But I said, if I was going to do it, I might as well raise money for charity while I'm doing it. So I decided to raise money for a Pieta house. And we nearly actually raised, I think there's 1,500 euro in the GoFundMe page. And I've separate 500 euro donations as well that I need to add to that so for two grand for something meant to go ahead this month but obviously I'll have to push it back now to the summer in a case where you can't do any physical fundraising um I think I was really happy with that and you know obviously seeing where the money is going and helping people with and obviously I guess last lockdown there was a one of my friends actually in secondary school sadly his brother passed away from suicide last lockdown so I think that was it kind of hit really close to home obviously you know like it's just horribly sad to just even know somebody who's going through that pain and stuff and um, I guess I just wanted the brother of the boy to know that we were all there for him and that we were doing whatever we could to stop this from happening to other people and to stop it from happening to families as well and like that I think that everyone from time to time kind of suffers with their mental health and sometimes 
people like to come out and talk about it to other people and sometimes people just don't like to talk about it to other people but by the Miss Limerick platform I really wanted to encourage people to go out and talk about it and I was hoping that the fundraiser would get people talking about Pieta House, get people talking about their services and obviously donating to us. So you're going to jump out of a plane. Um, is that fundraiser ongoing? Yeah, it is. So yeah, we had actually planned first. I originally wanted it to go ahead. I think it was November. So the month after I would have won Miss Limerick. I think I won Miss Limerick the end of September and I wanted to do it in November. Airplane Place basically said that you'd be better off doing it in March when the days were getting brighter and stuff. But now with lockdown, given the fact that I think it's in... I think it's in Louth. We obviously wouldn't be able to travel up there. So I'm going to put it off now into the summer where hopefully we'll be out of lockdown. Fingers crossed. So if you want to do it, Harry, feel free. You can, we can sign you up. Cheers, man. Cheers. I'd love to jump out of the plane. Who wouldn't like? Would you? Um, no, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, I'll share, I will share that in the notes anyway. You mentioned your boyfriend and how he encouraged you to kind of step outside your comfort zone and jump off the plane like if you could talk a bit more about how he supported you and in, in all your success he is brilliant as much and all as I suppose um I hate to like big him up for the sake of being clear or whatever he definitely has been a rock really through um I kind of encouraged him to study he encouraged me to study that was brilliant just knowing that I'm quite an introverted person whereas he's very extrovert and he's a pure gal boy, so he loves the bit of crack and going out and putting yourself out there, whereas I'm a bit quieter and I proud. But yeah, it is lovely to know that you have somebody supporting you who will always call you out as well, who isn't afraid to call you out if you're if you're doing something wrong, which is really important as well. I think you know, you can't be just going along all the time with what everyone's saying, you need somebody there too who's going to be like, hang on a second now, what are you doing here? You need to kind of cop yourself on or something. But, you know, you can't really grow without, as a person without somebody kind of helping you along sometimes when it does get. Yeah, I, I get you. They, they say um, every, behind every great man is a great woman and vice versa. And that's clearly the case here. Yeah. So you, you mentioned your boyfriend. Uh, you also mentioned your nan and your teacher, who, who are some other people like your support network you've been able to kind of fall back on people who supported you? I suppose my, obviously my parents and stuff, um, they obviously only want the best for you and they, they want you to push themselves. But they're always, I think, a bit more cautious. They kind of don't want you to be getting involved in anything where you could be um, faced with like criticism or anything like that. They're always a bit more protective of you. So they're not necessarily going to push you if they don't if they're kind of worried about you and stuff um but my great-grandmother Susan is a brilliant is just an amazing lady and I think she actually um he was brought up in England and just kind of hearing that the tough life that she had and eventually when she ran away when she was 16 um, and then she sold her bike moved to England all on her own made a life for herself and throughout everything in her life, you know, she's lost some children during her own life, which obviously no mother should have to go through. She's lost her parents at the same time, positive, and always to do anything to do and all I, mean, I could do was she's really, she's done really, really uplifting and inspiring to be around. So that's great to know I'll always have her as well. Yeah, it is. 
So it was your your aunt who grew up in a convent and she lost a partner and some kids. Is that what you were saying? No, it was my, my great-grandmother. And, great. um, so it would have been my mother's nana. Um, yeah, who she lived with us as well. So that's great. She's still around? Yeah, she is. She's only, um, she'll only be 85. For, um, so she's young enough to be my nana. But yeah, she's my great-grandmother. She hates us calling her that. But yeah, she is. We just obviously say Nana, but yeah, yeah. she's brilliant. She's fair play to her. Some going, some going. <laughs> yeah. um, so you are Miss Limerick, obviously, and you're, you're fundraising for Pieta House. You're going to jump out of a plane. I think that's crazy. And then, and then you <laughs> pulled out of the Miss Ireland competition, which like after, like it's, you, you tried twice to become Miss Limerick and you mentioned earlier that how you you were the goal is to become Miss Limerick and not Miss Ireland, but obviously that was a t- walk me through that like your your thought process and what made you realize like there's I have no other choice I have to pull out. Yeah, I think so. As I was telling you, the kind of whole reason I entered in was, was to kind of change things, and I wanted change to be brought about, and I wanted to be a management or to have somebody who'd actually take my concerns on board and listen to them. And as I, as I kind of mentioned to you, kind of the, one of the things that we did, for, now I'm not knocking the fundraiser in any way, the fundraiser did absolutely amazing work for the charity variety. You know, as I said, they do exceptional work and raise some for charity, but it's just the way in which the fundraiser, we are expected to carry it out. What I was thinking was to you to take off your makeup, because to be groundbreaking and you're meant to look like a different person. Like, you don't pay that much money for me to look like the same person when you've makeup on. <laughs> Do you know, that kind of way. So it was, I, I don't know, I felt in the beginning of where I felt a bit uncomfortable. And then I suppose just seeing how I'd heard kind of rules that previous were difficult because they spoke up about different things. But it was never, we were never told what they spoke up about, why they were considered difficult. But when you, when you kind of, I've looked up to basically some of the winners of Miss Ireland and I've seen everything that they got to do. So you kind of presume that they are all good people and that you kind of just think that they are going to be listened to if they do bring up an issue. But anyway, it came to light that obviously some of the winners weren't being and were kind of hushed into silence or, um, as I said, being labelled different things. And then last week also came to light about Blue Scandal, who was um, a Miss Dublin contestant. Um, who would have been in the Miss Dublin final, I think it should have been very soon, like this week or next or something. Um, and she just sent them an email and she was reading over the rules of Miss Ireland and she's a student midwife. So she took it very personally, the rules about learning and birth. Now, if they had a child, it was if you had given birth to whoever, but if you had given birth at a, like at a young age and then been forced to put your child up for adoption or anything like that you you just if you had given birth at all you weren't allowed to enter and so blue really took that one to heart and she just messaged she emailed them and she sent them such a like a respectful email just inquiring about why the rule was there is there any way this rule could be you know changed she wasn't giving out or anything she was literally just inquiring about the rule and the email that she was sent back in response was highly unprofessional and was not something you would expect kind of a nationalization 
who's meant to be uplifting and supporting women. That's not the kind of email you'd expect to get back. They basically told her that she had to leave if she wasn't happy with it. It was kind of, well, you can like it or lump it kind of a way. And that's not something I wanted to be a part of if that's, they're going to treat women for just asking a simple question. It was kind of then that I knew that, okay, if I actually didn't, they would want me to be silent and they actually really want me to speak up about certain things. So as I said, it was a really, really hard decision. I think I spent stupid to someone who actually doesn't like, you know, never had any interest in pageants. But if you are growing up and if you're looking at these women, you think you want to be like them. And for you to actually turn around being so close to actually having a chance to have it. And then you suddenly having to withdraw. It, it is really difficult. So, but I'm glad now I made that decision. I feel a lot better knowing that I made that decision. So the hate that other contestants were getting from people being like, why did you enter? Why did you enter anyway? It's only for pain and it's only for stupid. It, you know, being really ignorant comments that a lot of the girls were really taking to heart as well I just wanted to say was completely uncalled for and thankfully I didn't get any messages like that but I know um, of a few contestants county title holders that when they withdraw when they withdrew they did receive messages like this and especially from fake accounts on Instagram and Twitter trolls it, it, it was really hard to see them be so upset about it as well. There's a petition going around um, do you know the petition? I think it was believed started by a Ukrainian woman in London, wasn't there? Yeah. 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 That had yeah. about 3,000 signatures before you stepped down. And since you stepped down, it has, I checked it recently, has 25,000. Um, also, Miss Claire and the runner up, they both stepped down. I'm right there, Miss Claire. Yeah. 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 Rebecca O'Neill, yeah, she did. She did, yeah, and the runner up. So it's, it's, it's definitely a growing movement. And it all stems from it's the Miss it's the Miss World and the Miss Universe competitions. They're the ones that ban pe- women who've given birth or women who are married. So it's it's a it's a huge problem trying to trying to trying to change a huge organization. And when I when I initially thought I thought it was just the Miss Ireland rule, and I thought that should be kind of easy enough to change. But when it's a huge international organization. Like I would have felt personally, I believe if I was in your situation, I don't think I would have pulled out because I would have felt like, oh, this is too big. Like I'm not going to change this. I'm just one person. And obviously you, you did pull out. What, what do you, what was your thought process? What, what made you, what do you think sets us apart? Because I I wouldn't pull out because I would have thought we wouldn't have made a difference because it's such a big organization. Why why, why did you pull out? I think maybe I'm just like exceptionally naive, but I genuinely could not go through with something which I thought I was like offending people by being a part of or, you know, my whole kind of reason for being Miss Limerick was because I wanted people to be empowered or whatever. I wanted to bring activity and to show people that you can kind of do whatever you set your mind to. So then for me, hang on a minute, I want to win Miss Ireland more than I want to help you. Do you know that kind of way? I just felt like it was completely my permanent things. See, I know that I'm going to get the, the thing of, oh, well, you knew the rules. Were they there when you signed? Yeah, but I also know that the organisers need women never speak about them. And I, I knew the rules were set up by Miss World. I genuinely didn't think that I would be able to make an impact. But I suppose like everything, it starts with a small movement and over time things build up and you've seen the traction that 
it's gotten kind of in national newspapers. As you said, that lady was actually Miss Ukraine back in 2018. And what had happened there was she, I think she had been crowned Miss Ukraine and then she fell pregnant. And so they stripped her of her Miss Ukraine title when she found out that she was pregnant so she couldn't go forward into missing aware but yeah and then she actually set up the campaign right to be a mother three years ago like she dropped her crown and that is not something I'd heard of I'd never heard of that whole campaign and it wasn't until Blue Scandal came out and said it that the Miss Ukraine winner um Veronica had got actually Victoria I'm sorry I'm getting her name wrong Miss Ukraine had actually come out and they had set up this whole thing in the petition together. And yeah, I suppose just, just seeing how outraged women were, I didn't want to be part of something which was causing people suffering or which was causing other women, um, which I was taking the chance away from them by saying on this issue, I, I didn't want that to happen. That must have taken, it's quite a selfless reason uh, in a way to, um, to step down. And that takes a lot of strength of character where do you think, how do you think you develop that strength of character? Like, obviously, you have these role models and you mentioned reading, but the strength of character specifically to stand by your values and your morals, where did that come from? As I said, I think everyone in my life, um, I kind of, and I couldn't have done it without everyone on the Miss Limerick team. Like, for instance, when Miss Ireland said that they were going to strip me of my crown, which basically, say, basically means that I wasn't allowed to be Miss Limerick anymore because I'd spoken up. And there's always runner-ups in the competition so that if I ever did pull out that the next girl to say the first runner-up in Miss Limerick would get my crown and I actually up uh, to the to the runner-ups so um Christine Amy and Ashley and they all said that they they wouldn't take my crown off me that if they were if I was being stripped and they didn't want to part of this competition either so I think that being around other selfless women they could have very easily taken the crown wouldn't have taught any less of them because you know if somebody's giving you that opportunity it is very tempting to take it but they were also completely split in the sense that no you're not being treated right so I'm not going to play a part in this so being around as I said as I said Patrick and my boyfriend Liam who always kind of he's kind of like a moral indicator he kind of like me kind of thinks with his heart and really his head sometimes and kind of like was just like look if you're feeling hundred percent with it then don't do something that you're not hundred percent happy to commit yourself to so yeah I think like that just having a really good support network and obviously my friends even though they're most of them are in Dublin or Monaghan right now at the moment or whatever spread out across the country just knowing that they were there for me and that you know they were talking to me about what was going on and they were giving me their views, even if I didn't agree with some of the views at times, but that's exactly, again, what you bring you their opinion, no matter, even if sometimes it's not the opinion you want to hear. Which, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I did now. And obviously, as I said, like when I was typing Instagram caption, I was bawling my eyes out, crying. Like, But yeah, 100% with what I've done now. And I don't want done to deter any girls from actually entering the pageant as well. I want, I want more people who are willing to make change to enter these things because this is the only way that stuff like this is going to change yeah hopefully we'll see some change happening very soon uh, thanks a million for sitting down with us today um one final question um for any girls for, for any girls listening who are either in miss ireland or miss limerick or whatever or hoping to join uh, what do you have to say to them i've said just i hope 
that this experience doesn't deter you from the the organize the organization itself you know it doesn't have bad intentions it genuinely wants to give a platform to some woman to come forward and to raise important issues and raise important topics and talk about different things so that other women will kind of like how I looked up to um, previous title holders they want somebody who's going to be a role model and just that if you if you genuinely feel like you want to do it just go ahead and do it and your kind of integrity will is kind of show through and always stick by my beliefs don't go just somebody's telling you to do it if you genuinely feel better off not doing or doing then go ahead and just always go with your own gut feeling I think yeah thanks for sitting down with us today thanks a for having me so that's it that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed. I really enjoyed talking to Kayla. She's a uh, very well spoke. Uh, shouldn't be surprised like she's Miss Limerick. And um, yeah, what I what I really noticed about her was like the, the strength of her her character and her conviction to pull out of like what would have been a dream. Like, can you imagine? Like, I'd almost read it to like people my age getting onto a soccer team and then leaving because the soccer team was racist. You know, like such a dream. So. That really impressed me about her and her, her she's she stuck to her gut. I think that's so important to stick to what your gut says. Uh, yeah. So l- listen, she's doing a fundraiser. She's going to be hopping out of a plane. So if you'd like to donate money to Pieta House, the link will be in the show notes. And yeah, this ep- I was the host. This was edited entirely by Maria Crowley. So big thank you to Maria. If you'd like to keep up with the Ability Co-op and what we're doing, we're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, everything. Uh, Kayla is also on Instagram. You can follow her at K-Y-L-A underscore McGowan M-C-G-O-W-A-N underscore. So that's Kayla underscore McGowan underscore. Kayla spelled K-Y-L-A. I thought it was Kyla but it's Kayla. So yeah that's the episode. Hope you enjoyed and have a good one. Peace.